Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, yo! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hey, Toonsters. Welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Rewind, the podcast that takes you back to your childhood one interview at a time. And today I have a bonus interview episode for you guys. The super talented Pat Penny is joining me today. Pat was the voice of Wolverine and Pride of the X-Men from the late 80s. Of course it's all been real. Get with it. The X-Men don't have room for whiny brats. And one of my favorites, he was Mighty Mouse in Mighty Mouse The New Adventures from 1987. I've just had a word with Mrs. Burp down the road. In fact, mice all over Mouseville have been complaining about your mischief. What's gotten into you boys? Don't you boys realize that pirates were thieves and cutthroats? Do you really want to be like them? Good. Then I'll expect to see you tomorrow morning at Mrs. Burp's house, helping her plant a new garden. So long! He also voiced Mainframe from G.I. Joe. In Nam, I learned the best way to stay alert on guard duty is to occasionally divert your attention so you won't get the thousand-yard stare. Another one that you guys will definitely recognize is Painty the Pirate from Spongebob. He's the actual guy that you see in the beginning of each episode singing the theme song. I had a great time speaking with Pat. He's got some amazing, amazing stories. One of them, actually, I was almost in tears. I shouldn't have been, because if you hear it, you know, it's kind of, you know, I felt bad for, for laughing so hard, but I just really could not help it. But, of course, before I play the interview, please make sure to check us out online, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All the links are on the website right there. And if you're listening on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it if you leave a positive iTunes review. It really, really helps us out. Remember to check out our Patreon campaign if you want to help us out financially. Monthly donations start at only $2 a month. And I want to remind you guys that coming up this summer, during the D23 2017 Expo, we are doing a little fan get-together for Saturday Morning Rewind. So if you want to meet me and other fellow cartoon lovers out there, please make sure to join us. We will be meeting at uh, Downtown Disney the Thursday evening before D23. That is Thursday, July 13th. And just yesterday, I uh, got these really cool custom-made Saturday Morning Rewind pins that I'm going to hand out to everybody who shows up. And I must say, I'm impressed. They look amazing. I'm super excited to give you guys all the pins. And also, one more quick announcement. I was just informed this morning that I will be hosting a panel at this coming MizCon in May, which is in Missoula, Montana, which is where I live locally. So if you're in the area... I'd love to see you guys. It'd be so great to have you guys in the audience. And I don't know 100% what the panel's going to be about. It's going to be about voice acting and, and talking about my podcast and everything. So hope you guys can make it. If not, I will definitely play audio for you guys on the podcast later on in the future. Oh, and that also reminds me that we just recently switched companies who make our merch. So we have brand new t-shirts for sale. So if you want to get a Saturday Morning Rewind t-shirt, they're actually going to be on sale Starting April 26th through the 28th, 
everything's going to be 30% off in our store. So instead of paying $20 for a t-shirt, it's going to be only $14. And the cool thing is 100% of the money that we receive from the sales are going towards the documentary we started filming last year about my childhood and the podcast itself. And um, this coming August, my older brother and I will be traveling back to our childhood hometown of Reno, Nevada to film a lot of scenes for the documentary and to also spread my dad's ashes who passed away about five years ago. Um, a major part of the documentary, because I'm sure you guys remember me talking about him quite a bit on the podcast, how he was the major influence for starting this show. I started doing this for him. The month he passed away, I really thought about my childhood and how much him and my mom both gave me an amazing, amazing childhood. And that's when I thought of the show. You know, I wanted to relive those amazing memories by talking to people that, you know, I grew up with, the voices that I grew up listening to. So he was a major influence, and so you can imagine why I want to go back and spread his ashes in our hometown, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun because my brother and I really haven't hung out in quite a long time, so I'm really looking forward to it. And like I said, 100% of the sales go towards that trip. And the cool thing is, not only will we be helping with the documentary, but you'll get a pretty sweet Saturday Morning Rewind t-shirt too, so there's always that. Anyways, I don't want to keep you guys any longer. Here is my interview with Pat Penny. Take me back to the beginning of your voiceover career. I understand that you were actually doing theater at the time. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I uh, I was a stage actor originally. I started when I was 14. And uh, I, uh, I did the stuff. I moved to Europe. I worked over in uh, Vienna. I did, you know, I did uh, some... Uh, movies um actually I, I did a movie i worked with rex harrison and uh jose ferrer and Bo bridges and alan wow. hale the captain from gilligan's island oh wow oh it was a kid oh it was killer it was so good <laughs> i was 24 yeah and living in vienna and uh it was awesome you know you, you get a chance like that you got to take of it of course so i did that and um i came back to uh, L.A., I came to L.A., I should say. I'm not from, unlike IMDb indicates that I'm from L.A., okay. I'm not. Okay. Just another one of the things that they've got wrong. <laughs> At any rate, I will admit, they are amazing. The information, I says, geez, I don't remember doing that. <laughs> but so I came back, and I came to L.A., and the thing was, someone suggested uh, voiceover to me. I was doing a play, and, uh, and they suggested I do that. And I thought... I am an actor. I yes, have yeah, done yeah. Shakespeare. <laughs> and then I got the job. I auditioned. I got the job. I went in. It took 45 minutes. And uh, it was almost exactly the same amount as a week's equity contract. Wow. Eight perfor Yeah, exactly. Eight performances <laughs> as opposed to 45 minutes. Well, let me see. Um, uh, <laughs> I think I'll take the 45 minutes. And the thing being is in L.A., we don't have a lot of legitimate theater. Mm -hmm. You know, there's uh, just a couple of venues for it. And, uh, and, it's, and the thing being is you don't get residuals for theater. That's true. You know? That's true. <laughs> this was a very motivating aspect to the whole thing, the fact that 45 minutes and, uh, and that stuff. So, I, you know, I thought I was doing um, – uh, I did uh, – uh, Scooby-Doo, and then um, I had this uh, series at uh, Filmation, 
and uh, which was it, it, which was really interesting because back then the filmation recorded you individually instead mm-hmm. of an ensemble. Okay, which is what they do now. They yeah. sh- they record you individually. Exactly. Yeah. I I hate it. I I, I like everybody there because yeah. you can play around. You can change stuff. Exactly. You know? Yeah. We, Right? You know, the guy says it differently. He says this line this way, and you go, oh, 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 I should do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you get a whole different product. And um, so the, um, the, the filmation, that was great. It was a nice series and all that. And then a lot of parts and, you know, different shows, Ruby Spears, uh, Hanna-Barbera, et cetera, like that. And then um, I got, uh, I started doing G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. And I was not a big fan of G.I. Joe. Okay. Uh, not the show. Yeah. The show was fine. You know, I mean, obviously, it's not my demographic. It's for eight-year-old boys, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and, and the purpose of it is to sell Hasbro toys. And uh, as a matter of fact, they got in a big deal about that because the, the show was a, it was a half-an-hour advertisement <laughs> for G.I. Joe toys, right? It worked. It worked. And so they, so they had to put in the thing at the end of the show. <laughs> Uh, when you go outside, don't touch downed electric cables, and knowing is half the battle. Yes. Whoa, okay. So you had to have a message. You yeah. Know? You, you sell the toy, then you put in the message. But I, I got the gig. I was excited. I go in. I, we get the script. I sit down, and um, we're, I'm on the first page uh, of this script. This uh, my character mainframe, who is uh, the 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 um, IT guy. You know, he's a computer yeah. whiz, and and he's. I'm supposed to be the comic relief. I'm supposed to have moments there because everything in the G.I. Joe is, you know, (laughs) and they wanted a little moment there to take a little lightness, put, you know, take it down a notch. So uh, I get the script. I'm ready. I'm going to do, I read my line, blah, 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 blah. And then the director says, no, 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 no. It's blah, 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 blah. (laughs) I have never been given a line reading ever. Wow. And I thought, what? Uh, no, you, see, my character would say, no, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's more of a blah, 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 blah. No, it's blah, 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 blah. One of the guys leans over to me and says, just imitate what he's doing. We can get out of here. <laughs> was that? You know, and it took eight hours. Was that Wally Bird? A, Wally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've heard eight many hours, stories about well, Wally. I've heard many stories about Wally's recording sessions. Oh, it was, uh, I couldn't believe, I've never, I never encountered anything. First of all, the line reading, and then eight hours to do a 22-minute show. <laughs> so I was, I, I, you know, I, I sucked it up. I says, okay. And then we got to the point, I had a line in another show, like the next week or whatever. I had a line, uh, I had to say Norfolk, Virginia, because of the Naval Insta- Installation there. We okay. were going there to do whatever, right? And uh, I had to say Norfolk, Virginia. So I said, so I think, it, I think they're headed for Norfolk, Virginia. He says, no, no, no. It's Norfolk. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? what? And, and I know, and it just sounded like no, you know what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm saying, okay, well, all right, okay. So, and I tried to say it exactly. And he was a military guy. You know, he went yeah. to Culver Military Academy. And then he was in the Army. I mean, not an actual soldier. He did uh, the uh, Armed Forces Radio or something. At any rate, so he keeps going, Norfolk, and I try it, and I try it. Now, we're like 20 reads into this, about 10, 15 minutes, 
and and I'm getting the stink eye from all the other guys. You know, I just <laughs> I can't satisfy. And I, I I said it. I said he he did it, and I I mean I did it exactly exactly like that. And he says that isn't it. And I says it is. Just play it back. Play it back. And he plays it back. He says, well, that's not exactly right. Okay, so let's do it again. I says, wait a second. Why are we doing this? And he says, because you have to pronounce it properly. That's how they say it in Norfolk, Virginia. I says, hmm. okay, two things here. Myself and my character are both from California. There you go. We say it like this. Exactly, Norfolk. Yeah. <laughs> so he said, okay, fine. And I says, we're just wasting time. And I, I, was, I was starting to get really and I thought, it doesn't matter. It isn't that important. It was to him, but that's how we ended up spending, it wasn't always eight hours, but it averaged about six hours. Mm -hmm. And that isn't right. I mean, it's ridiculous. No. But because he's doing line readings, because he feeds you every single line, first in the rehearsal and then in the show, you know, you, it takes forever. So that was my uh, Wally special. I... I I will admit, you know, I was one morning I had to go in and do some pickups. And, you know, um, uh, Barbara Billingsley was the mom on Leave it to Beaver. Uh -huh. And she was doing Muppet Babies yep, yep. as Nanny. And uh, so I, I go to Wally's studio and I go in and I'm about really not too early, but I go up the stairs and there's Barbara Billingsley waiting and Wally hasn't arrived yet. So I'm standing there, and I said, oh, hi, how you doing? And said, what are you, oh, I'm doing some Muppet Babies. Oh, that's cool. And so we're standing there. I hear the door downstairs close, and I go, hey, Wally, is that you? He says, yeah. I says, hey, Wally, where's the beaver? <laughs> oh, you don't get a shot like this. How many no. times in your life you get a setup like this? She loved it. It was She was hysterical. And Wally gets to the top of the stairs, he says, ah, I get it, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, so the thing with Wally, Wally, a great, a great guy, hanging out, great guy. Uh, you know, as a, as a as a regular dude, you couldn't touch him. As a director, you wouldn't want to. But that was the the Wally, the Wally, and the, the last time I saw Wally, a couple of years later, we were doing the um, pilot for X Men. Yes. It was called The Pride of the X-Men. And I would, ha ha, here, this is really bizarre. Um, I, I was uh, cast as the Wolverine. Now, when I went in to do the audition, they told me he was Australian. I, nobody, they said, he's, I said, okay. So I updated the Aussie. I, I got the part. I, we go to the, the, the record session. I'm sitting right next to Stan Lee. I'm doing my Aussie. The director, the producers, the writers, everyone's there. Nobody says diddly. So, you know, and by then, by the time they included Wolverine in the Marvel uh, magazines, I, I wasn't reading them. Because when I was a kid, I, I read all of them. Uh, X-Men, Fantastic mm -hmm. Four, etc. They, they were the, DC was crap. Mm -hmm. This was good mm -hmm. stuff. So... I didn't know the Wolverine. I didn't know the character. I didn't know who he was or what he was. And, and obviously, neither did Stan or Kirby or, or, or whoever else was there because I did it, Ozzy. And the thing was, at the end of the rehearsal, Stan Lee takes me aside and he says, listen, you know your last line? I says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're talking to uh, Rogue. And she says, so am I an X-Men now? And the line was, no, 
you know the next men. Not yet. And he says, that's it. I want you to lay back instead. Because all the way through, he's a hard ass, right? Yeah. And he says, at the end, I want him to give the little girl some uh, slack. You know, he's, you're not an X-Men. Not yet. So Wally says, no, no, that isn't it. And I, I realized just then why Stan had pulled me aside to do this, because he already had this conversation with Wally. And what I should have said was, Stan Lee told me to do it this way. And when the conversation would have pro- possibly been over. But we got into it. I says, no, no, no. He says, listen, I've gotten all this material. I says, I have exactly the same materials as you have. I've read it. I know the character. And this is what the line should be. And he says, no, it's not. And I says, okay, you want it? So like, you're not an expert, not yet. And I says, and now I'm done. And I walked out. He tried to stop me in the hallway. I said, you better get the hell out of the way. <laughs> and I was done. It was over. I mean, that was the last. They took the shows to Canada anyway, so it, it didn't matter. Wally, that was a, probably one of the last shows he had for Marvel. And, uh, but it was, I, I, I was livid. I couldn't believe. That, I mean, it, it's his way. Everything had to be. And that's why all the shows were exactly the, the same level all through. And I mean, my comic stuff as, as mainframe, I, you know, these tossaways, these fun little things you know i couldn't even do these you know it was like my my thing was um i had a a line where it's like a throwaway it was um um whoa i didn't no i i didn't whoa i didn't expect that and he says no it's whoa i didn't expect that no 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 this is a toss away it's a gag and he could never get the concept of the comedy you know Mm -hmm. but that's that was Wally. He had his way, and and he did have the and the Transformers, and and that's great and all. You just you wanted the job, you just didn't want to work with Wally. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned him directing the Pride of the X Men because I was going to mention how familiar it felt, how much it actually seemed like a GI Joe episode, and now I know why. Exactly, the his interpretations were ex- always the same. He. Uh, he, and, 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 of course, he's giving the line reading, so every line is going to be the same. And, and like, when the, when the guy says, just imitate him so we can get out of here, <laughs> I thought, okay, I got the message. We're not really working here. We're just, we're just fiddling around and doing the, the Wally imitation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, hey, you know, uh, they, they, they did it. He was, he, he was fairly successful with that. But after that, you know, and that's why in 87 we had a, an animation strike. Okay. And one of the primary requests for this animation was four-hour sessions. He was the only one that did anything over two hours. I mean, all the shows, basically, they came out to two hours. You know, I mean, hell, I, like I said, uh, with Filmation and stuff, I did 45 minutes. I was done. We did... Uh, Mighty Mouse, for example. Mighty Mouse, we'd, we'd start the script. I mean, we did four, it was a full script with all the characters. And we got it done in 45 minutes with all the characters. <laughs> and, and we started and Ralph would go, no, that sucks, that sucks, let's start again, let's start again. And then we started, and, but, but the actors, see, that's the thing too. You got to rely, that's what a director does. Like Gordon Hunt brilliant director but you know he was a stage director tv stuff like that so gordon knew how to work with actors and he let them do their job and that's what we're there for we're supposed to interpret 
what it is, and the director's supposed to say, no, no, a little more right, a little more left, and that's it. You don't give us the reading, the acting line itself. You let us do it, and then you say, nah, it should be less, it should be more, right? But that was, that was the, oh, God, what a pain. <laughs> but, you know, actually, that we did the thing, and the actors knew their jobs. And the thing with G.I. Joe, a lot of those guys, there were several real actors, but a lot of these guys were radio guys who had big voices, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and same with Transformers, the, uh, again. And the, the, we had a contract back then that you, would do, you could do three voices for the production. And uh, this, the G.I. Joe was just one character. Every guy had one character. There weren't, you know, overlaps, you know, just, and they, and for the radio guys, it was fine because they didn't have to, you know, become something different, you know, it's, uh, it was just that one, and, and that was their specialty, but, uh, at any rate, that was the G- the Wally thing and the, and the whole, um, and the other thing too, that pissed me off of the Pride of the X-Men after nine hours of doing the Wolverine, doing the X-Men thing. I missed my screening for the Chipmunk movie. I had a screening. I, I told him. I said, I got a screening. I got a screening at uh, 7.30. And at 8 o'clock, I'm sitting there. Well, I sure shit ain't going to be making it to the screening. Wow. At any rate. It, it's too bad because Wally. it's funny because Chipmunk Adventure is one of my favorite non-Disney animated movies of all time. What, what voices did you, did you do on the Chipmunk Adventure? Oh, God, dude. <laughs> You're really. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. tell you. I there was a, 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 a there was a uh, native um, uh, chieftain. Okay. I I believe there was a native chieftain something and uh, and to be honest with, other than that, hell, I never saw the movie. <laughs> what? I never got to see the movie. <laughs> wow. I, thank you, thank you, Wally. And uh, I did eventually. You know, as when it when it played uh, on television, I, yeah, I eventually yeah. saw it. I and I did some other stuff for uh, Ross. Oh, oh, <laughs> you ready for an interesting story? Oh, please. Ralph Bakshi, uh, preparing to do Mighty Mouse, mm-hmm. was renting, subletting from Ross Bagdasarian a port, uh, an office, a, a room in in the large larger office that Ross was was uh, renting. It's over on a business, busy area, Coldwater and Moore Park. A lot of traffic going through there. At any rate, so uh, he and Jan, Jan, his uh, wife, uh, Janice, uh, had a, a, a little dog, um, you know, a Lazal Apso or something, you know, a little one of those little dogs. Mm-hmm. And, and the dog, oh, God, this is awful. The dog got <laughs> loose and went down and out the front door and started to cross the intersection and got run over. Oh, no. Oh yeah, I mean it's terrible. I mean, and, oh, and she was <laughs> she was crying. Ross was everything. It was just terrible. And back she's looking at there. So, so uh, they they wrote. Uh, oh God, this is awful. <laughs> they wrote an episode of Mighty Mouse called <laughs> Elwee and the Tree Weasels. And what it was was a takeoff on. Alvin and the Chipmunks, mm-hmm. Elvie and the Tweeter Tree Weasels, <laughs> and it was there. It was opened up by um, Roger Bumpus playing Mashy the Pup. <laughs> so they had, no. yes, they had a picture of the little puppy on the road with tire prints all down his back. <laughs> He's just smushed, you know. 
<laughs> and he folds up like a like a piece of paper blowing in the wind, and he folds up halfway up like this. And hi, kids, it's Mashy the Pup. <laughs> oh, I mean that was horrific. I mean I, I <laughs> but funny. Yeah, damn, that was that was a brilliant that was a brilliant episode. Elby and the Tree Weasels. Wow. But I thought, oh my God, that's but that's Ralph. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, oh he, and the, he and the, as my, my wife called all of his uh, animators and writers, uh, the brilliant children, because he could get, I mean, these kids sent him stuff. He had the most uh, very intelligent, brilliant kids, animators, John Crixfalusi and Simon and a whole bunch of guys. Just some of them went off and did the uh, Simpsons, for example. Wow. Wow, and uh, they started that show, and uh, it, but Mighty Mouse really it changed everything. It made a whole different, uh, whole different uh, the animating, the writing. Yes, yes, it, it really changed how we. And God, the animation was so brilliant. I mean, the colors, the the it, it was it, it really a, a changing moment in an animation in Saturday. Oh, Saturday morning, and also part of what I consider to be the best hour ever of Saturday morning entertainment. Kiwi's Playhouse. Oh, yes, yes, And Mighty yes. Mouse, um, right? I, yeah, I totally agree. It was amazing. 10 o'clock, Saturday morning, all across the country, all, all the colleges across the country, out come the bongs and the bowls. <laughs> they get their cereal and start smoking. And it was, it was, everyone I talked to at the time, the young guys that are coming out of college, oh, yeah, man, we used to get high and eat tricks. Wow. <laughs> well, that's what we were going for. Nice. That's well, what, I was I was only seven, so I wasn't quite there yet. No. <laughs> right. But, hey, you, did you watch? I, I sure did. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, Mighty Mouse was my dad's favorite short um, animated you know, cartoon when he was growing up. And so him and right. I used to sit on the couch together and watch Your Mighty Mouse all the time. We loved it. Oh, that's cool. See, I mean, and it and and the adults can dig it, you mm-hmm. know. Yep, yep. It's like it, it was it was at that level, and the kids could appreciate it, um, and then the and then the adults, and uh, the the only uh, the only the only drawback was uh, we got a lot of attention, and um, do you ever you ever hear about the cocaine? Well, you problem? the cocaine? Yeah, I did. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, that was interesting because Mighty Mouse is um, uh, he meets the this little flower girl, you know, and she she hasn't got enough money to buy flowers to sell the flowers, so she picks out tomatoes from the restaurant dumpster, mm-hmm. and she picks out these tomatoes and she puts them on a stick, you know, so she makes like a little tomato rose, right? And Mighty Mouse comes in and says, "Oh, I'll take that," and he gives her a, a, <laughs> some money, you know, and she goes, "Oh, thank you." And he takes the tomato rose and puts in his pants. He put everything in his pants, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> so God, there was a lot of room in those pants. He had birthday cakes <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. And uh, so, at any rate, he puts the tomato rose in his pants. And later on the episode, he's uh, reminiscing about the little flower girl. And he's supposed to take the tomato rose out, you know, a big glopping mush of tomato, right? And he's supposed to smell it as in a remembrance of the, the flower girl, and like it is a rose. You know, so, well, the geniuses in Taiwan are doing the animation. That, no, no, you can't smell like that. We, we make a powder. Oh, my God. Make a powder. Oh, yeah. Wow. So it gets, <laughs> so they animate it as powder. 
they're not because you know drugs are illegal in Taiwan. You uh-huh. go to you go to the execution uh, uh, seat for the for drug, drug drug abuse, so they don't get the concept. So they get the they get it back here, and Ralph goes, "Ah, oh, nobody will nobody will notice. Screw it. Let's just run it." <laughs> well, <laughs> Reverend Wildman in Mississippi, one of his one of his parishioners, uh, uh, recorded it. And they, they stopped it and said, see, that's, the, that's where you get in trouble. Had, you, had they not recorded it, you, mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. it goes by pretty quick. I never noticed, you know, and until it was pointed out to me, and they said, oh, geez, yeah, it sure is shit. It sure is um, a, a powder at any rate. And Reverend Wildman got on this thing. And then, but that's not uh, why we got canceled. The, the reason we got canceled was these guys, as brilliant as they were, could never get the shows done on time. You ever notice that uh, if you look at it um, in retrospect, there were old 1950s and 40s stuff from the old shows yeah. that they put in, yes. right? Yes. Because they couldn't finish the script. Wow. So, yeah, and, and CBS was not too terribly happy about that. I mean, I don't blame them, right? No, no. You want fresh, fresh material, but he's rehashing this old stuff. <laughs> Still in all, brilliant show, as was Pee Wee's. I loved, boy, that was my favorite time. So that good. Was just, yeah. yeah. It was. So anyway, um, that was, uh, that was oh, Ralph, Ralph, crazy Ralph. Uh, he was something else. You ever hear about Ralph? No, I haven't. Oh, you haven't? No. Ralph, well, you know, he did Fritz the Cow. You, you wouldn't know, but. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, the- yeah, I kind of know, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, exactly. You were even born then. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, late 60s, early 70s, I believe. At any rate, it was the X-rated animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, which I don't get any. <laughs> you know, in Japan it might play. But um, uh, the um, Ralph uh, had all of these kids send him his stuff. They were interested in work for him. And... Uh, and he he did hire some brilliant dr- brilliant people, but he was bipolar, and he would flip. He would be you know warm and then, <laughs> and then and uh, it became very difficult to work with. Um, I mean, I never had a problem. With the first episode uh, we did, I'm sitting there and uh, doing my thing, and he says, "Oh, that sucks. You suck. What's wrong with you? You suck." And I says. Wow, man, you really, people are right. You really are an asshole. <laughs> he says, yeah, I'm right. And I says, so am I. Did you wear your pin today? <laughs> so we had an understanding from the get-go, you know. And, uh, and, and at the time, you know, I was his golden boy. We had a hit. Um, it was, and he, so I never heard boo, but he, he would turn on some of his assistants. It was just, it wasn't nice. It was ugly. And uh, we did this movie called um, Cool World. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see it? Yep, I have. Oh, Les Sake. <laughs> um, interesting concept. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, Kim Basinger, there's a draw. And, uh, and uh, as animated and then real, which is even better. Exactly. Woof, she was beautiful. Yeah. But at any rate, uh, I... Uh, Ralph, he was nuts. He, he, we were doing a scene. Brad, Brad and I were doing a scene. 
So he comes up and says, listen, I got to do the unit. We're doing the the 10-foot robots. So what can we do about it? And then I says, oh, you know what, man? Um, I'll do a different voice, but I'll hold my hand up, which because I'm like 6'4", and I hold my hand up, I'm 10 feet, right? So the hand itself is 10 feet high. So I'll hold my hand up and do a blah, blah, blah with my hand, right, like I'm talking, and then I'll do the other one. He says, ah, and that'd be per-. At this point, Ralph comes up and says, I'm Pat, you're not the damn director. I'm the f-ing director. Excuse my French. Uh-huh. I'm the director. And he comes up and he pushes me. And I flipped. I went, I went ballistic. Here's Brad was uh, astounded, the guy who pushed me in the first place, as was I. And then I start screaming. I told him, I says, you are one dead M.O., you are just gone, man. I mean, if you, one more, one, and I, you know, I says, I, I realized how angry I was getting. And I look over and I see the, the crew who cannot stand this guy. <laughs> they're sitting on the dolly and they're going, and they've got their fist up going, hit him, hit him. <laughs> they want me to pound him. I was, I, 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 I wouldn't do that. I, I, I will just, uh, I'll give you a vocal a reprimand, but I'm not going to hit anybody. Mm. And the vocal reprimand, be- because of my size and my, the, the size of my voice, is resounding. I mean, it filled the entire stage, and everyone stopped dead in their tracks. And I started go- walking towards them, and I said, "You get w- once more, man, just once more." Uh, I'm, the, I'm, the, uh, and I, I, and when I realized how scared he was, I, I backed off. I said, "Okay, I, right, I, right, you get one more, man." Oh, well, geez, I'm the director. I should get two. I just, don't, don't push it. Don't push it. By now, about two seconds into this, Brad just disappeared. He was like a ghost. <laughs> Gone. I'm not into this. I don't need to deal with this shit. So you started it, dude. You're the one who started by asking what should we do. And he was gone. I never said boo about it uh, to, to Brad. Well, there was no need to explain anything. Everybody got them. Then the head of Paramount, Frank Mancuso. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. He came over to the set and he had because, you know, they're they're afraid. Either I'm going to kill him mm-hmm. or I'm going to sue them. <laughs> and so he came over and then uh, and I got the gist of it. He all of a sudden Ralph comes up and he says, and Frank's still there. And Ralph comes up and he says, oh, I got to say, I'm sorry about that whole thing. I didn't mean to touch you. And I says, oh, yeah, that's OK. No, 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 I do have to. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> okay, Frank's, Frank's watching, huh? Okay. Here, handshake, handshake. Okay, we're good. All right, everybody. We can go back to work now. We'll not be killing anybody today. <laughs> so, so anyway, that was, that was the moment. That's Ralph, though. And that was the end of Ralph's uh, Hollywood uh, goings on. It, by then, everyone was like, it's too much trouble. Mm-hmm. You know? Too much trouble. Brilliant man. Great ideas. Oh, twisted, as you know. I mean, the the, the subtext in, in Mighty Mouse was <laughs> magic. The pop, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you know? that's crazy. Bill, it is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was Ralph. That was Ralph. So, um, did you get along with anybody you ever worked with? <laughs> did I ever? Yeah, um, I had Don. I mean, Gordon Hunt, Don Hahn. Yeah, Don Hahn at Disney and and uh, all those guys. Um, Gordon Hunt, uh, again, I loved Gordon. He was uh, um, Ginny McSwain, all that. 
and I never had any problem with any of the other actors except the guys giving me the stink eye for not imitating mm-hmm. properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we got along uh, pretty good. I mean, um, there's there's um, moments when you're like, um, well, I guess the 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 moment you sh- we just stop screwing around so we can get out of here. But um, I I, uh, I got along well um, with everyone other than Wally and. And Ralph, I got along with Ralph before we got into that situation. Mm-hmm. When you know, when we knew where we stood, that's the point. You know where you stand. Uh, it's uh, you got your territory marked out. Exactly. You know. What about working under Lou Scheimer, uh, the founder of Filmation? What was Lou like? Lou, Lou was really. Uh, he was just business. I mean, he. You know, we walk because he. He and Norm Prescott would direct the episodes. And like again, just myself, and uh, and then you know all the other guys, uh, Frank and uh, and the other cats, Alan. They used to they everybody did their stuff individually. And um, <clears throat> Lou was like, "Hey, how you doing? Great. Okay. Blah 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 blah. We're good. 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 Okay. That's it. And I mean, it was like, <clears throat> let's whip this baby out." You know, we don't we don't have to belabor. Excuse me, I got some I got some congestion here. I can't. I don't know what to do, but I'm gonna half a second. That's better. At any rate, uh, Lou was straight business. You know, and the thing was with Lou, uh, everyone in the family worked on the shows. They all they all did voiceovers. Or they helped write, or they, uh, you know, they, they, it was a family business. And Norm Prescott, uh, actually, uh, he was a fount of information. I had this character called Clone, and Clone talked sort of like very elegant and sort of like this. And he was, you know, uh, an alien, obviously, with silver hair and shit like that. And he says, you know, you, you're doing, um, oh, God, I just lost the name of the actor. Um, that's a great story, Pat. Now you don't know how to answer. Oh, God. Henry, no. I can't remember the name of the actor. And Henry, a very, very classical uh, 40s and 50s actor uh, who had this, you know, the same sort of pronunciation. Mm -hmm. And I says, oh, damn right, that is. And he says, and by the way, Balkar is Richard Nixon. And I says, yeah, actually, that was kind of intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble, Trobbits. Trobbits, huh? How about that? We weren't fooling anybody with that. Hobbits, Trobbits? No, 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 no you're not kidding. Wow. We're not kidding here, bud. Let's rip something else off, okay? <laughs> they did. They ripped the Ghostbusters. They did. They did. There were the Ghostbusters called the real Ghostbusters. They had yes, just yes, the Ghostbusters. They did. Right? Yes. I know. What was it called? Like the Ghostbusters? Or? I think it was just the Ghostbusters, yeah, because then the real Ghostbusters came out, and they put the real in front of it because they were the real Ghostbusters. Yes. Ex- there you go. That was what it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they even kind of ripped, w- ripped themselves off with Blackstar and He-Man, because He-Man was just a ripoff of Blackstar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, oh, God, the He-Man. That was, that was uh, the start of the 65 episode. Okay. 1983, mm-hmm. and that, that's when they started doing those 65s, like, uh, then they get, you know, G.I. Joe, Transformers, all the, I did an anime, oh, 
God, it was hysterical. An anime robot thing called Transor Z. And um, we, you know, it was Japanese, obviously anime. Um, uh, and we redubbed it. Interestingly enough, it went from Japan to uh, Mexico. And it was redubbed into Spanish. Huh. And um, did you ever see Transor Z? No, no, I don't think I have. Really very very it's really very cool anime here they, they've got the guy robot and then who, which who looked like optimus prime oh wow and the guy robot and then and this of course predates this is early 70s mm-hmm. so this predates all that other crap and that's where everyone got the ideas for transformers mm-hmm. etc was from trans or z and they had the guy robot and then they had the girl robot who had uh booby missiles her <laughs> would fly. <laughs> no. They disengage and fly and, and blow up the enemy and then come back and reattach them. So <laughs> it was hysterical. I says, "Oh, the kids at home are going to love this, wow. right?" I need to check that I out. Mean, the kids are going <laughs> to—they're not going to get it, but the adults are sitting there like, "Oh my god, what the hell are you watching?" Again, that's Japanese animation. They—they're mm-hmm. kinky folks. <laughs> So anyway, that was Tran- Transor Z. That was a good. That was a good show. It was. Uh, it, it had the traditional anime, you know, expressions and stuff. But I really enjoyed that. That was. I did that. I did that before I did GI Joe. That was probably eighty three, okay. eighty four. I just wrote that down because I'm gonna that, check that out. Yeah, Transor Z. It was. Um, I, and I had a character called Bobo, and he had a Bobo bot, which was this. Uh, piece together piece of crap it looks like a garbage can with you know some kid built into a robot <laughs> and uh yeah that that was a good show and they had the transor z robot this is again a toy from the 70s it was four feet tall and it had and the and, and it, it didn't have flying boobies but <laughs> which would be great you know <laughs> they didn't make the girl version <laughs> I think that would have been awesome. You know, you could, kids, kids would go like this. Well, let's take a let's take a firecracker to the booby and shoot it. Yeah. And at any rate, so but the 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 boy robot had flying fists, right? You know, so he and it ejects. So they had spring loaded fists on the toy. And um, Seth Green, uh, a few years ago, he was telling me, and I we were we got into. Somehow we got into the Transor Z. I brought it up, and he says, oh, "I love that. I I I have a Transor Z. You don't." Mm-hmm. He says, "Yeah, man, I got the real deal. I mean, he he spent a fortune on it, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. but it's in his it's in his uh, collection, and uh, and you know you can't you can't play with it. I know. It's like, I hate no, that. <laughs> don't touch it. Don't touch it. <laughs> but it was you know the flying fist and." Um, and that was stuff I remember from, well, I wasn't a kid. I was in college. But I said, that's, that's a cool toy. Should have bought one. Mm-hmm. It's yep. worth a Ford. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got to get that stuff while it's hot. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was Transor Z. That's, uh, and then the Fraggle Rock, that was, uh, that was okay. It, 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 you know, the li- you ever see the live show? Oh, Fraggle yeah. Rock? Oh, yeah. That's, I, I watched the cartoon a little bit, but I mainly watched the live one. Oh, is that brilliant? It's that amazing. Show, yep. Oh, it was so cool. And those little doozers. And I'm looking at these little characters, and the and you got your regular puppets, and then the doozers are interacting. I says, how do they do that? I know, I know. 
genius. I mean, Jim right? Henson was just a genius. Oh, totally, totally brilliant man. I mean, uh, I worked with him on uh, in a different capacity on the first Muppet movie. Oh, tell me about I wasn't that. Doing, I wasn't doing voiceover. I was an uh, I was an assistant, an AP. Wow. And uh, uh, and I met and, I, and the thing was well that was the thing I didn't think about animation until someone brought it because I was an actor exactly I've done Shakespeare and uh, someone and I didn't even think of it otherwise I would have jumped on uh, Jim's lap and said would you give me a job <laughs> please you know but um, I didn't think I didn't think about it. I was an actor I was going to be an actor. And I was acting on the at the time, the uh, assistant, uh, the production assistant, PA, not an AP, PA, production assistant job was to pay the bills, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Jim, that was, yeah. but I didn't think of it, you know. Otherwise, uh, you cozy up, you know, that's Hollywood. Cozy up and say, hey, man, can I get a job? But that, a j- j- wonderful guy, though. What a nice man. What a nice man he was. He was such a nice man. It's a shame, you know, too early. Gone too early. Way too early. Yep, I agree. Yeah. So, and then, well, uh, gosh, I guess we're up to the 90s. Uh, let's see, was there anything more interesting in the uh, in the 80s? Uh, no, no. I know in the uh, early 90s you got involved with Harry and the Hendersons. The, yeah. the TV show, not the movie, the TV show. Exactly. Yeah, that was... Um, uh, they were, well, the guy who played Harry, uh, in the suit mm. was, a, a a basketball player, um, a Michael, oh, Michael, jeez, oh, what's his, mm, yeah, there you go. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but he was also the predator. He played the uh, yes, uh, predator right. in the predator outfit. And then he, 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 I forget which came, I think Harry came first and then the predator, so he was doing the show, and he was doing the voice, and he did a damn good job. Yeah. I gotta admit, you know, it's because uh, it's uh, Chewbacca, which is actually a tiger. That's a tiger's mating. Really? Okay. That is a tiger's sex call. Wow! I figured this out. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I took my. My kid to the zoo one day, and it was in April, in the spring sometime, and it was hot sex day at the at the zoo. <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, it's a seasonal sort of thing, and I, and they had cameramen all over the place. I was like, what are all these cameramen here? They're coming to get the 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 animal porn, and <laughs> and everybody was all over the place doing it, and I mean, woof. You ever see a rhinoceros? Forget about it. You don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and the, the tigers were, were talking. And I go, aha, I get it. It's a tiger. It's a big cat. At any rate, so the guy did the voice of Harry, and he died. He, uh, he died, and just unexpectedly, you know, boom, and he's gone, so they had to replace him. Uh, they had to get a guy for the, for the suit, but they, you know, having a guy who can do the voice and the suit didn't work out. The, the, uh, Michael was, uh, uh, just a chance happening. And, uh, so they, you know, they were looking, they auditioned for a bunch of people for the thing. So I got the job and, uh, it was, um, 
again, uh, a really well-run show, wonderful people, well done. I mean, a kid show, obviously, but I found it entertaining. I mean, I, uh, you know, you always like to listen to your, yourself. <laughs> Ooh, I'm on. I got to watch. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we do love ourselves. Of course. Um, yeah, well, you have to. <laughs> no, no one else does. At any rate, so uh, I enjoy. I thought it was a good show. It was well written. The guys and, and the the acting was, in, you know, in a uh, a kid's kind of perspective, but still, you know, adult enough that you you could watch. And um, that was a that was a lot of fun. I uh, enjoyed. I I tried on the I tried on the head. Oh one wow! Day. Yes. Oh, those poor bastards. <laughs> wow. They used to take a, a, a hairdryer and put it on just fan, no heat, you know, mm-hmm. and they'd put it in his mouth so they could get him some oh, air man. in the head. Because if you take his head off, it's a mess. Yeah, I mean, because the fur, they, that was the most incredible costume I've ever seen. It the really, hair. Yeah, yeah. I want to it's say it, it's it's better than anything I've ever seen recently. Yeah. I mean, now the only drawback is the servos in the jaw to make the mouth move. Because mm-hmm. it's not attached to him. They have servos making the mouth move. The 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 uh, sound guys are going, geez, I can hear those machines. Oh, yeah. Uh, right? And I... I couldn't tell. I, you know, I'm saying, gee, I don't hear that, man. Yeah, well, you're not supposed to. That's my job. I says, okay, okay, it's there. But yeah, that was uh, it was a brilliant suit, and they they comb it down and they brush the head to the main body. You couldn't see a seam, and oh man, I I, I pity those guys. The, the they made their they earned their money. Yeah, you know, definitely. I go to the studio. Blah 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 blah. Thank you. Donut. I'm good. I'm like, where are we? Get? Bye. I'm gone. Thank you. I don't have to wear the suit. So yeah, Harry, that was a kick. That was a kick. I. Uh, well, of course, that was the the, the the late '80s and '90s. All the Disney films, and, and boy, they really took off. I mean, that was when they redid the whole thing. Like uh, Don Hahn is one of the main producers. Uh, uh, John Musker, Ron Clements, um, all these guys. I worked with all these guys, and, they, and that was really the premier film animation. Uh, Mermaid, <clears throat> that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, just the, the animation, the whole. So they they really got a hold of the old, well, not the old style, because they made it much better. You know that stilted, two dimensional. You know. Uh, uh, Sleeping, no, not Sleeping Beauty, but uh, Cinderella. Yeah, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> Excuse me, man. <laughs> I got it bad. So um, uh, what other bodily functions can I demonstrate? Um, so, yeah, so the, 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 the Disney stuff, I loved it. And the thing was, um, Mermaid, this is the first movie. They, they, they took some of their older versions and this is VHS time in like 88, 89. And that's when the VHS took off and they sold the mermaid on, uh, on VHS. Cause we don't get any residuals for theater shows. They sold the VHS and it went through the roof. I, I saw Ken Mars one day and I said, uh, he says, 
I, I, I said to Ken, I said, did you get a check? He says, geez, did you get – wow. <laughs> I mean, it was the VHS sales. We had never experienced anything like that. And it was 10 times the value of our, our, uh, our payments. Wow. They, oh, it was amazing in lump sum. And, uh, I mean, Ken, oh, Ken was – we were all just amazed. Uh, it was a, a, new, a new era. And then, you know, the, all the others, all of them sold because everybody had kids. You know, the 80s, the 90s was child-rearing uh, time in America. And everyone had to have the Disney movies. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the Disney, jeez, I, I love doing those. Those were amazing. Um, my favorite, of course, was uh, Hercules. Because I love uh, the the, cy- the cyclops. cyclops, yeah. It was so much, and John, see, I had to, I had to uh, uh, campaign for the character of the cyclops, and because uh, they had another actor in mind, a name, and I thought, you know, I says, yeah, but you remember, you remember uh, Kirk Douglas and Ulysses, and they do the the cyclops thing, and the cyclops talked like this. He says, "Yeah, I do. That's it does. Yeah, because mm. you know, at the time they were doing looking at all the the mythology stuff. You know, mm-hmm. and then they had watched Ulysses, and and I was doing an imitation of the Cyclops from that movie, which was a synthesized voice. But I I I got the I could do it on my own, and uh, I got the part, <clears throat> a campaign, and I, I managed to sell them on it, and." Um, so we did the thing, and we, I was doing the death. One day I was doing the death scene uh, in traditional style because they poke him in the eye. They tie, he ties his feet up, pokes him in the eye, and he falls off a cliff. So, so I do the, the death scene, and, and I had this blood curdling. When they poke me in the eye, this blood curdling scream. And then the fall off the thing, and the guys go, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. It is a kid's movie. Yeah, this is, no. You scared us. You scared us. No, we can't. we got to mellow this down. I, I think they even removed the actual eye poking because it was a little too, <laughs> little too violent. You know, and, and the, but the, I, we had to modulate the scream a little bit. I said, geez, I like that a lot. He says, yeah, well, we, we'll save it. I said, you do that. I could put it on my answering machine. Yes. Oh, I'm not here. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, uh, um, Cy- oh, Cyclops. That was a great part, and uh, and uh, um, Mulan. God, that was a that was an excellent movie. It too. was amazing. Yeah, definitely. They had so many, um, so many talented uh, artists and writers, and again, you know the. But these weren't children. These are these are all these are well-established uh, people that, because of the the uh, initial success of Mermaid and the subsequent uh, Beauty and the Beast and uh, and Hunchback and oh, you know Hunchback. I am Quasimodo's father. Oh, and I bet you didn't you didn't know no, that? No, I did didn't you? know that. No, nobody knows that but me. Well, now everybody knows it. No, every, well, everybody will. Everybody listen to the show is going to know. So pass it around. That's the really opening cool. of the opening scene of the thing where they're chasing down the gypsies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got. I'm with, there with the wife and Quasimodo, and we're running, and we get separated. I get killed, and uh, I says, "No, take it, take the child, take the child." 
and I get killed, and then the, they get the kid. But, but yeah, I was I was daddy quasi. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. That's cool. That? I know, daddy moto. <laughs> and and uh, in in uh, nobody knows this either. Uh, I'm Captain Flint in uh, in uh, uh, Treasure Planet. No, Treasure really? Planet. Yeah, I Captain love Flint that. at the very beginning. Yeah, Shoot, blah, blah, blah. yeah, and, yeah. That was me. I mean, it's it was small, and then I did a, a couple other the characters. Uh, that didn't fly as well as some of the other shows. Mm-hmm. You know, it was okay. It just didn't have the the uh, the stylized. Uh, you know, it's a good. You know, and it's a good story, right? You know, Treasure Island. Exactly. But at any rate, so uh, yeah, uh, Disney loved it, and. Um, I, I, uh, I, I, as a matter of fact, at the, at the same time I was doing that, I started doing uh, Men in Black, mm-hmm. and uh, we were doing uh, Mulan. I just finished Hunchback. We were doing Mulan, and uh, oh God, here's a horrific story. I got a bunch of them. <laughs> I, I got major league <laughs> horrific stories. Uh, line readings. Over direction, under direction. This was um, uh, a bug's life. Okay. And I cre- I created a character called Heimlich, who was the caterpillar. Yes. Okay. And wow. He, he was the. Yeah, and the thing is, I want to be a butterfly. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that's so good. It's fun and thing. And and I even I even added a few lines like. No, fr- um, what was this? No, don't talk to them. No, t- I'm talking to somebody, and I said, no, don't talk to the flies. They have poo-poo hands. <laughs> and I thought, <clears throat> this is a, a very funny character, really good. Um, we went to, um, I went to a session, the third or fourth session, and uh, the guy said, uh, John said, uh, Lassiter, and uh, Andrew Stanton, they says, you know, we got a crossover vo- vo- voice problem with um, John Ratzenberg. And I thought, well, what's the problem? And I had, I did have this come up on Toy Story also. We have a similar tone, hmm. a pitch. And um, they, on Toy Story, it says, you sounded like uh, Ratzenberg. No, 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 change that. Uh, okay, all right, I'll do it or whatever. And uh, I had I was cognizant of this, and then they brought up again because you're sounding like P.T. Flea, and I thought, well, m- make him change it. Mm-hmm. I, I, my my part is so much bigger, and, and all throughout the thing. Mm-hmm. And but you know they they love John, yeah. you know, and he's yeah. in all the movies, and and he was in the first thing, and they you know they they just I mean that's when they started that really that's when they started doing the John repetition thing where they kept adding them to all the movies and uh, i thought oh i gotta change this because i love this it's beautiful this is the way it should be so uh, they said can we pitch it down or up and i said well down maybe i don't know we don't go any higher <laughs> it won't record and uh only dogs will be able to hear it and so uh i pitched it a little i just and you know the thing is in the back i know i know this in in my heart of hearts in the back of my head i said Screw John, let him change. My character is perfect. So we did uh, that thing, we recorded some of the stuff that night, and it wasn't to their satisfaction. 
so the story editor auditioned for the part, and they gave it to him. Wow. And uh huh. And uh, Doc, uh, Doc, the uh, the the um, the editor for the movie, saying, oh, "I couldn't believe it, man. They just played back your lines, and he'd imitate each oh, one." Oh man. And a different. I said, "Ah, oh, crap, you bastards!" And I thought, "Well, call him and see if give me another part. Give me yeah. something else." Yeah. You know? No, they replaced um, the actor Alex. Um, Alex, what's his name? Uh, who played Mo Green from The Godfather? Uh, Alex, something or other, and he had a character which they gave to um, the uh, New York comedian um, who does the Ford truck commercials. Um, uh, he was in, oh, um, uh, Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary, okay. thank you, man. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get to a certain age, you need help. <laughs> so. Dennis Leary. So they had Dennis Leary re- replace Alex Rosa, Rosa, whatever. Wow. And um, so, but they gave him another character. And, you know, I mean, and he's making a real check. He's like, uh, I, I, I was getting a, 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 a very nice check, but he was getting a star check. Hmm. So, but they moved him to another character. And I says, well, ask him. That. So they didn't come back with anything. And I think the thing is, I think they were kind of embarrassed about the the transition. Yeah. The whole we're dumping him, and I never heard from him again. Never heard from them again. Never got another audition. Haven't worked on a Pixar film since. Well, hell, I didn't work on that one. Um, <laughs> and uh, and Andrew Stanton, I worked with on Mighty Mouse. He's mm. one of the. Uh, writers uh on mighty mouse and i thought dude hello can we you know can Hmm. i uh toss me a bone but you know it's the uh, it's also the uh the star thing you know they're uh star effers we call them uh they just want to have you know they want to get a sit down and with you know sit down with like like um mel gibson in pocahontas who knew who cares yes exactly Right, I, I, they had to tell me who it was. I didn't <laughs> recognize it as Mel Gibson. So, because you don't think about that. No. Ooh, let me see who is that doing that, I right? Know. And uh, they just, but that's it. They like to have Mel Gibson in the studio. Oh God, Mel Gibson, maybe I'll get an <laughs> autograph. <laughs> and there, but that, that has been prevalent, you know. All, I mean, since you know the the way back days, um, the, Disney always hired like. Um, Robin Hood, <clears throat> that was filled the, the 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 Jungle Book filled with stars, you know. Yep. Yep. And uh, and they, they got back to that whole thing, and I I get it, I get it. Um, especially, but the thing being is, if they're unique, like Phil Harris or Simon Cabot in uh, in Jungle Book, you know, they got character voices. Mel Gibson. Eh. No. Yeah. Exactly. Pat Buttram, he can narrate my whole life if he wants to. Exactly. But. Pat Buttram. <laughs> You know, <clears throat> brilliant stuff, character stuff, and that's the that's the the point of it is a, an interesting character that will carry you through the production, and um, and they and these guys were great, Phil Harris, etc. Pat Pat was brilliant, but um, but then he had one note, as did Phil Harris. Yeah, yep. As did Cabot. You know, they have one note, but that's fine. You know, do that note, man. 
uh, that's cool. We won't use it again. We won't use you again in a while because <laughs> it'll be too repetitious. But in a couple, a few years, maybe, right? But that was the that was cool. That was a good good idea. Um, uh, but the what what was I saying? Uh, the characters of people, the stars. They've always done the stars, and there's a is very more prevalent than ever now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, even on TV, the like. Uh, well, you know, um, like on SpongeBob, Clancy Brown, Clancy, you know, successful actor, you know, he's got all that, but he loves the animation, you know, and everyone does. We just love to do it. And he's been doing it from day one because uh, he has he has the boys. Yeah. And um, it's uh, now granted the, the commercials make you a whole lot more money. But there's nowhere near as much fun. Yeah, and yeah. the commercials will stop running. Mm-hmm. Whereas True. you know uh, the animation, it's still playing somewhere. I get, mm-hmm. I get uh, Men in Black checks from Spain. <laughs> well, hola, muchas gracias, wow. señor. And uh, Europe is they're they're playing somewhere. I mean, SpongeBob, my uh, my song is all over the world. Yeah, no kidding. I was going to say that. That's probably one of the most recognizable songs of all time. It really is that unique. It's that. and But the, the thing is, the pro- proliferation of the uh, animation throughout the... Uh, now, here's the thing. In China, they redubbed the characters. They kept my song as it was. Oh, wow. I thought, I have a billion fans. <laughs> Thank you. Can I, can I get a penny... From each of you, <laughs> just one penny. Mail me a penny from each of you Chinese people. The thing was, eventually, like I don't know, three, four years ago, four or five years ago, they 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 did uh, uh, a Chinese version. They 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 changed it, and I gotta admit, out of all of the 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 trends, the changes they've made, um, that was one of the best. In, even in Chinese, I go, gee, that's not too bad, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it isn't <clears throat> it isn't the captain. It's not painting the pirate, and the German one is the worst. Oh, really? Oh, the show is called SpongeBob Square Sponge. <laughs> and I'm um, what? No, no, it was what? SpongeBob? No, it was SpongeBob Sponge Head. It wasn't wow. even Square Head or Square wow. Pants. And and then it's like, well, guy, yeah, this is what I, we do. Where we have a sense of humor. Yeah, that worked out real good. <laughs> Sponge, and, and the voice, oh, whoa, dude, <laughs> chill the hell out. And uh, But as someone pointed out, it says, yeah, but they're still imitating you. That's oh, true. That's true. That's I like true. That. that. That's very good. That was an <laughs> Irish kid. Irish kid. He says, no, you're not. Are you the captain? Oh, I love that show. And he's an old, see, because now it's been on for 17 years. Yeah, it's crazy. Hey, excuse me. It's 18 years. Mm, wow. This June will be 18 years. And uh, <laughs> it, whoa, dude, and it plays 10 times a day, you know? <laughs> if that, maybe just I mean, maybe more. Maybe, you know, I mean, you know, and in different languages. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I never got a penny. That's why I wanted a penny from all the Chinese people. <laughs> I never got a penny for that. Wow. Not, nothing. Could you imagine wow. a penny, though? God, if I could get a penny, I think I, I added up. I think it comes to ten million dollars. 
<laughs> I sat there one day and said, let me see now. Add the one, carry the two. Wow, that's $10 million. <laughs> and, and, but then you'd have to sign autographs. Well, then you could just change your name to Pat Penny. <laughs> you got there. Mm-hmm. You went there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll truly become Pat Penny. <laughs> Not a penny, a penny. And, uh, yeah, that would be okay. I, uh, oh. But, uh, yeah, SpongeBob, that is, it's, it's awesome. It, it really, and there again, this is a show that adults can watch. Yep, exactly. You know? One of my favorites is, do you ever see Imagination? Yes, yes, yes. They got the box, right? They're in the mm-hmm. box. Squidward, what's going on? Yep, yep. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> and he, oh. Rogers, just that that character is so he's so and they they screw with him so much it's just brilliant and like the 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 gum wrapper and he's having so much fun with the gum wrapper he's give me that and he just he he doesn't have the the sensibility that Sponge has you know it's like but the imagination one of the best and everyone can appreciate that and the beauty is it's the the song they use the song to recognize the show, to identify the show. You know, they could do, you know, uh, SpongeBob and Patrick talking, but all you got to do is, ooh, and everybody knows what it is. Yeah, I know, that's crazy. And so they use it in movies. They they use it in movies and TV. And the thing is, Nickelodeon never, never tells me. They just use it. And they sold it to 20th Century Fox for the Chipmunk movie. The new chipmunk Oh, yeah, movie. yeah, that's right. So the chipmunks are playing around. They're screwing up uh, uh, Dave's house, and they're cooking breakfast and stuff. And in the background, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? And I go, what? The thing being is, a friend of mine from Fox said, I've got these uh, in the DVDs in the trunk. You want it in? And I said, what do you got? Is the chipmunk thing? Ah, I don't care. And, the, and my son said, hey, take it. What the hell, right? I mean, they're too old for the uh, the chipmunk movie anyway but eh, we'll watch it so they did and they says guess what because by now they'd done it several times and it was like i and then i gotta find out so my job in the past few years has been running down the usages of the song oh wow which is oh yeah wow and they never tell me you know nobody thinks they no. go they they used it in, yeah, this this was amazing I, I i i must not exist in their world uh, I am totally ignored. They used it in the newest movie, uh, um, SpongeBob Out of Water, whatever okay, it's called. Yeah. We, 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 we asked several times, are you going to use the song? Nah. Are you going to use the song? Nah. Are you going to use the song? Nah. So uh, the show comes out. Now, I, of course, I'm not in the show, so they're not going to give me a screening. So I never saw it. And then... Someone said, guess what? I says, no, really? Yeah, they did. I said, I I go and pay to see. So I'm absolutely positive before I start freaking out. Sure enough, they did it again. And we asked them, Hmm. are you going to use it? And they just, it's like, I'm their bitch. Mm -hmm. I can do with Mm -hmm. you what I want, man. I'm you, my bitch. And I just, and well, they find out later I'm a really expensive bitch. (laughs) At any rate, that's, um, that's, uh, but I got no, uh, other than them not telling me, I don't have much to complain about. It it is 18 years, and everything I've done in the past, maybe five seasons, right? And now, one of my absolute favorites, 
is robot chicken. Yeah, so much fun. Oh, see now we're back to now we're back to adults. Mm-hmm. You know, now I did. There was a kid. I was doing a play a couple of years ago, uh, and this kid, the one of the actresses, had a nephew who was ten years old, and he wa- he watches Robot Chicken. I says, "Does he have parents? <laughs> Is anyone watching this kid? Because you know uh, they do stuff on that show." Yeah, like pudding. Pudding, pudding is disgusting, but um, you know that for me was great because, again, talk about directors, Seth Green, Matt, and Seth—they're brilliant. And Seth, because he's an actor, you know, he understands. And the concept of that is, and we interplay, we play it. We, I do it my way. They said I didn't think about that, and I says, yeah, it's, I, I think that's. He says, yeah. As a matter of fact, let's change that. And so, and then he says, no, 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 we should do it this way. And I go, yeah, I never thought of that. And all of a sudden you're back to a creative environment. You're sharing ideas and it improves. And we have changed whole scenes with just a a suggestion. It's like, oh, let's do that. We'll go in that direction. And fortunately we do it before they start doing the stop motion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. then they go, well, we got to redo it. (laughs) The whole year is just dedicated. Yeah, right, right. And it, I mean, that's a lot of work. It's like, uh, it's like uh, the South Park guys doing the marionette. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of work. And that's what Seth says. Whatever you do, if you ever have the idea of doing stop motion, don't. <laughs> don't do it. But that, 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 they, they're great to work for. They're brilliant. The, the writing is hysterical. The, uh, and, you know, and I love, I love doing Schwarzenegger. I mean, he is so. You say, but then again, living in Vienna, I have uh, I have developed an Austrian accent because the Austrian uh, uh, is different. It's a milder. They speak differently. The the word they have different words for the same meaning, and it's a whole different. So I had the Arnold thing before I came back, and then in the oh gosh, the early late '80s, I think I started doing the Arnold thing, and. Uh, because it was amusing, you know, and everybody, everybody recognized Conan and all that stuff and uh, Command, Commando, etc. And uh, I finally got, uh, other than I've done, a, I had done a few commercials as Schwarzenegger, but this was the first time to do Schwarzenegger as Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and brilliant. We did the first one I did, it was like 96, 97, was the governor and the border patrol. Oh, wow. So, have you ever seen that? No. YouTube. I mean, you, okay. YouTube. Yeah, Schwarzenegger uh, border uh, police. Something that'll okay. get it'll get you there. Okay. It'll get you. There. <clears throat> it is so funny. They got. He's standing there going, and here we have the the border guards. The this and it's uh, Sylvester the cat and the border guards to protect our country from the illegal aliens and. Uh, Speedy Gonzalez comes into the scene, zip, arriba, 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 and <laughs> shoots right through the gate, right underneath Sylvester's legs, and Sylvester goes, son of a... <laughs> and he goes through the next uh, several, uh, several points of the illegal, the illegal alien problem that we can solve with the thing here and the thing there. And, you know, he, he's talking, to, but you watch it. Check it out, because it is, it is hysterical. Okay. And so timely yes yes 
I mean, it, we did that, like I said, in like uh, 06 or 07, but, whoa, is it timely now, huh? Mm-hmm. No kidding. <laughs> Do you have anything coming up? Do you have anything that you want to promote? Anything you want to let people know about? Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed I don't know if I'm supposed to. Okay. But I will. You know what? <laughs> what can they do? They can, I'm already recorded, so they, we're doing, um, you know, the Trolls movie? Yep. We're doing a series. Okay, cool. And so I'm uh, uh, I'm on the series. Uh, and that is, now, they're not going to release that till next September. Wow. Well, the thing being is they've got the play from the movie, so they got all that marketing done mm-hmm. for, for the uh, all the ancillary, the toys, etc. So it'll be a fresh new thing come, and, and hopefully they'll have the audience, you know, inculcated. They'll, yeah. they'll, they're already set to do the, to watch the new show. And um, they've got um, an interesting cast. Uh, I... Um, um, I'm delighted to do it. It's and uh, one of the guys from Robot Chicken, um, Matt Ireland Beans. Matt Ireland Beans. We call him Beans. He uh, he went from Robot Chicken to writing for uh, DreamWorks. Oh, cool! And it, it's a it's a DreamWorks show, obviously, because mm-hmm. the the uh, the show is a, the movie's a DreamWorks. So uh, yeah, Matt, and I'd love to see that when you see guys that you worked with. Uh, when they were just starting out, and now they've got a now they've got a gig, and they can give you a job. Hello, <laughs> who's your friend? <laughs> At any rate, so yeah, that that the trolls that's coming out in nice. September. That'll be good. And uh, um, that's about. Gee, I think I, you know what? I'm, I'm sure there's stuff that I've forgotten, but um, it's a nice cross section of uh, bizarreness. At any rate, because it has been bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it. No, a, no. Well, I'd change the eight-hour session and the line mm. reading. That definitely I'd change. Mm-hmm. But other than that, hey, it's been great. It's a wonderful. It's a wonderful. A wonderful job. Yep. At any rate, Tim. So this has um, been a blast, Pat. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I uh, I was only too happy, and I hope uh, you. I hope your uh, listeners enjoy. I know. I definitely did. So I know they will too. You know what I? You know the one thing that one thing that does bother me. Mm-hmm. I have never been asked to a comic con. Oh wow! I have, no, I've never been asked to a comic con. I and I would you would think you know with Mighty Mouse, GI Joe, mm-hmm. etc. Yep. You know they, they, uh, these Joes. I I I'm, I'm not hip to the to the uh, events really because I don't go. Why would I? I'm not invited. <laughs> and but you know they, they uh, some of these guys have told me about, oh, we did a thing in so-and-so, G.I. Joe's, and I go, they didn't ask me. Hmm. Oh, I guess because Wally hates me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe I've got this, they've, they've got my face up on uh, boards all across the country going, this is Pat Penny. Don't talk to him. I want to be invited to the party. I know. Well, hopefully somebody listening maybe is involved with some kind of Comic-Con and invites you. I hope that happens. Yes. Yeah. That that'd be fine. That'd be that, I would I'd enjoy that because it looks like a it looks like a gas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Tim, good. Right. Good for you. Good. Good show, man. Um, uh, good luck. Thank you so much. And, man. Uh, and uh, I I will I will await. Tell me when you're going to put it up. It's coming out in about a week and a half. That soon. That soon. Yep. 
Oh yeah, uh, it's audio. What do you got? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you got? Nope, nope. <laughs> take, ooh, I'll take the, I'll take the f- out. Oh, I said it again. It's all right. It's anyway, all right. Yeah, I'm not Charlie Adler, so <laughs> <laughs> very it true. Isn't every other, right? Yeah, I had him on the show, and he actually controlled himself for most of the time. Oh, now you did a good job. I know. We did a, I did a, uh, we did a show together. Um, uh, he was on Mighty Mouse. Um, mm-hmm. He paid, He played Bat Bat, um, which is a Batman. Blah blah. In any rate, but we did a show. Cow and Chicken. I and I did a guest yes. spot one yes. day, and there were these kids. The director brought her kids. Oh no! <laughs> oh yes! Oh my God! I was I was blushing. I was red faced, and I'm sitting there. I'm looking <laughs> at Charlie, and I'm shaking my head. And he just goes, "What?" Oh. You know, Charlie's the what? I'm supposed <laughs> to change for someone. <laughs> Forget it. Uh, this is me. I said, "Well then, fuck you." <laughs> at any rate, yes, that's. So, uh, and it, well, I will, I will look forward to uh, listening next yeah. week. And I will let you know when it's out. I appreciate that, man. All right, man. Thank you, you have, so much. You have a good How My pleasure. You have a good day, huh? All right, you too. Talk to you later. Okay, great. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to that Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.